Good morning. Good, good morning. It's a great, great uh, day to be in the house of the Lord. Beautiful weekend. And of course, the kickoff to summertime tomorrow, Memorial Day. And we were reminded of that this morning with that opening uh, video that just expressed, uh, don't forget, don't forget those who've uh, given their life and dedication and service to our country uh, Memorial Day has got a it's got a long history. Back in the 1800s, it, uh, after the Civil War was really when this time to remember soldiers who had fallen, the tradition began. It was called Decoration Day, but it was primarily uh, it was primarily observed in the northern states. Uh, be, obviously, there was still strife after the Civil War. And it took really World War I, so that was maybe 50 years later, to bring the country together. And after World War I, fallen soldiers were honored across the country. And Memorial Day became uh, a stronger, I'll say, tradition. And the calling of it, Decoration Day, it, it was in kind of, a, I guess, a transition and it, it took till 1971 where officially Memorial Day was marked as uh, the final Monday in May. And I say all that to just be a reminder. It's important to think about those who've, uh, who've sacrificed, who've given it all from time to time just to count uh, the, the great blessing that we have here in this country because so many gave their lives to keep the liberties and the freedoms that we have. And tomorrow, will we remember what the day is all about? Human memory is kind of quirky, isn't it? Tomorrow's a day off of work. It's a holiday. Oh, we might cut the lawn. Got to get the house ready for summertime, right? Maybe clean out the shed put out the patio furniture and hose it down and maybe we'll have a barbecue. It's supposed to be a nice day. Uh, you know, there's some big sales going on too. Gardner White, 75% off store-wide. Maybe that uh, recliner that's been beckoning you or the sectional. You know, tomorrow might be the day. And you might hear the words... A few times, a dozen times tomorrow, Memorial Day. But will we remember? Will we remember? Take some time to thank God. Thank you, Lord, for those who have just, they've made the ultimate sacrifice. Will we call to mind the countless who have gone to their grave in service to this country so that we can enjoy the freedoms and the liberties and a, and a day off, will we remember? Because human memory is a quirky thing. But let's not let it be so quirky tomorrow. Let's not forget what the day is all about. Remembering and forgetting. This is a, it's a pair, remembering and forgetting. If you were here last week, you know, we started talking about some pairs, binary pairs, I called them. And I said, God is binary. God's word is full of these pairs. 
And I know we hear binary and we think male and female, it's, that's immediately it comes to mind because of what's happening culturally, etc. But there's plenty of these pairs that connect with God. Life and death. Life and death are in the hands of God. I call it a binary pair. The Bible speaks to it. Uh, there is the, the fourth sentence of the Bible which is Genesis chapter 1, verse 4, it, it says that God separated light from darkness. God's got something to do with light and dark. Again, I call it a, a, a pair. And God created all of these things. Uh, life and death are in his hands. Light and dark, day and night. God created them all. And remembering and forgetting this idea of we remember certain things, we forget certain things, to me it's another pair. And uh, to remember and forget, these are human attributes. I know we can all relate to them. And they're often mentioned in the Bible. But they're also characteristics that relate to God. In the Bible we find passages that, that speak to about God remembering and God forgetting. But God's remembering and, and forgetting, it's far different than our human faculties, our human capacities. We are the creature. He's the creator. We are failable. He is infailable. We are imperfect. He's perfect. We are limited. He's limitless. And my memory, it's certainly limited. It's definitely quirky. I can stand up here this morning and speak to you all. And I recall words, for the most part, instantly, almost effortlessly, words come to mind. I speak them. You do the same thing when you're talking with somebody. And sure, from time to time, we might stumble on a word. We might struggle to draw a word from our mind and get it out of our mouth. I, it's on the tip of my tongue, I know it. But that's fairly infrequent. Most of us talk without straining our memories for words. And I need to say a word, no problem. It's right there. But memory is a quirky thing. Ask me what I had for breakfast this morning. I just might have to scratch my head and think about it for a while. Wait a minute, what was it? Even though most Sundays I have the same thing for breakfast. And where's my wallet? Do I, do I have it? That's a question I ask multiple times during the week. Where's my wallet? Last Monday, leaving the house, I was late. Where's my wallet? Where's my wallet? What happened to my wallet? It was in the, it was in the last place I left it. Yep, that's where it was. <sighs> Took a, it took a while to you know, get the gear in the memory bank to turn and flip and okay. Memory's quirky. For us creatures, definitely. But it's different. It's different for our creator. God is all-knowing. God is unlimited. And last week we touched on scripture that explained God is not a human like us. God is not one of the creatures. God is spirit. 
even though God decided to humble himself and become a human, put aside the glory of heaven, come to earth as a man, Jesus. Jesus is all man, but he's all God. And God is unlimited, all-knowing, ever-present. Human attributes are ascribed to Almighty God as a means for our limited minds, our limited capacities to get some kind of comprehension. If the Bible didn't use things that we understand to describe God, we wouldn't understand anything at all. So it uses human attributes to describe God. We have, we have passages in Scripture that say things like, is God's arm too short to save you? As if God has human arms. He doesn't. God doesn't have human arms. His arm being described as not too short is a way of describing you're not unreachable. You are not unreachable by God. He can reach you. You are savable. And, and that's a way to convey that. We pray a blessing quite often. Numbers chapter 6, it says, May God's face shine upon you. Again, not a literal face. You know, God's not some big happy face in the sky. He's not an emoji. He's not a, it, it, but it helps us comprehend what's incomprehensible. This is, a, it's a way to convey God showing kindness and favor to say, may his face shine upon you. Well, let's talk about this pair, remembering and forgetting. It, there's, there's this, it's a human attribute. We have, God is described as remembering. God's described as forgetting. It applies to God, this pair. And in turn, that applies to us. God's memory, if I can even call it that. I, I, I don't even know if I can say God has a memory because he's, he's perfect and he knows everything, but I'll call it that because it just helps me to understand his memory. It's not quirky. It's not quirky like mine. It's not quirky like a human's. God remembers. He remembered Noah and his family on the ark. When the, when the earth was flooded, that's Genesis chapter 8, verse 1. God remembered. He remembered his covenant with the man who was called Abram, God had promised him a son, and he remembered that promise. Genesis chapter 21, he remembered a man named Joseph who was lost in slavery, uh, unjustly put into prison. God remembered him and blessed him and gave him favor with his captors. This is Genesis chapter 39. He remembered the Israelites when they were slaves in Egypt. And he sent the leader, Moses, to free them, Exodus chapter 2. He remembered Hannah, a woman who, who prayed with groanings that couldn't be uttered. And God remembered her and blessed her with a child. These are all remembering good things. God uh, also remembers the deeds of the wicked. And he holds them to account. When the Israelites rejected God and they turned to worship idols, the prophet Hosea, 
He said, God will remember their iniquity and punish their sins. Hosea chapter 8 and chapter 9 say that, and then God did hold them to account. Israel fell. The people went into exile. The book of Revelation speaks of God remembering the crimes of Babylon. And it says their sins have piled as high as the heavens. God remembers it, and he's going to deal with that that city of Babylon, which is a, it's an image of another city there in Revelation. God remembers. God remembers good. God remembers bad. With a memory that's unlike ours, it doesn't falter. So when, the, when God is described as remembering something, does that mean he can forget? Is, does God struggle to recall? If the Bible says, well, he remembered Noah or Abram or uh, Israel or Joseph, was he struggling? He, he brings things to mind. This is really where the, the, the word is going. That when God remembers, he brings things to mind or a thought that comes to the forefront. And that really is the primary sense of remember. Not, not struggling to recall, which is part of it, which is a, a part of the definition of the term. But primary, it's just bringing a thought to the forefront. And that's what God does when the Bible speaks of God remembering He's not struggling to recall. It's just, hey, this is coming right to the front. Noah is in the flood. But we struggle. We struggle to recall. What did I have for breakfast? I can't even remember. And we call that forgetting. So forget, that's that's a sense of the word. Struggling to recall, unable to think of what happened. I can't even bring it up. And in that sense of the word forget, this, this idea that it's a struggle to pull it, God doesn't forget. He is never unable to do anything. There's nothing that our God can't do. So if he doesn't forget, it, why would the Bible even speak about it or talk about things that God forgets? Well, there's another sense to the word forget. There's another sense, and it's not, uh, it doesn't do violence to the word or anything. It's just words have a, can have broad meanings. But forget can be to just intentionally disregard something, to overlook something. Yeah, I'm going to forget about it. I'm going to intentionally not go there. And in that sense, God does forget and we might feel we might feel he forgets us. We might feel that sense of the word like God intentionally just doesn't regard something that he that applies to us. And we might we might get that idea directly from the word of God. And I'll give you an example. Psalm 13. Psalm 13 is just six lines long or six verses and let's read it because it it can kind of give us this sense, but let's read it and talk about it a little. Psalm 13 reads this way. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Another one of those 
Another one of those illustrations of a human attribute. How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. This psalm, Psalm 13, was a, a psalm by David, King David, the, the king of Israel, the storied king of Israel. And it's a desperate cry. You can see that from the very first verse. It's a desperate cry of King David who felt very alone, completely forgotten by God. The man's in Deep anguish. And in deep anguish, David grappled with something internally. His thoughts, his thoughts were overwhelming him. Thoughts of being conquered by enemies to the point where he resigned himself to die in defeat. Lord, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fall asleep in death here. Have you forgotten me? Deep down inside, David knew God had not forgotten him. And what did he do? Now, what did David do? He gives this deep cry, this anguished cry to God. Lord, how long long are you going to forget me? What did he do? He expressed his trust in God's unfailing love and he rejoiced in his salvation despite the fact that he felt completely forgotten by God. And that's a lesson to us. It's a lesson to us when we feel so defeated, we might believe God's forgotten. God has forgotten me. And today, I don't know. Maybe you are wrestling with an issue, struggling with thoughts that are overwhelming. Do you feel defeated? Do you have a desperate cry in your, in your heart? Have you been seeking God and looking for this breakthrough? Maybe it's a relationship that's just gone sour, something. Perhaps it's a physical need. We bring up prayer requests and things for people who are sick. Maybe you need clarity. You're looking for something for your future. You've been crying out to God, but he seems like totally silent. Or you've got a spiritual request because something's going on and you want an answer. Maybe you've got a lost child, a wayward son or daughter. It's brought anguish on your heart. You've been going to the Lord day after day, month after month. He seems so silent. Or perhaps you're, you're battling some besetting sin. It's ensnared you. And it's got you or it's an addiction to something, whatever the trial, you've been calling on the Lord. Lord, help me, please. You've been sincere and genuine, but God has been silent. Victory has been elusive. You you feel like the weight of this trial on you or or it's the pressure of the enemy that's, that's been keeping you in this defeat addiction and and you're on the the verge of saying god i'm just gonna i'm gonna die here how long lord have you forgot me answer me god please before i before i fall asleep in death it might be that desperate 
But I say, have you come to Jesus? Have you come to Jesus? Have you, have you professed him as Lord and Savior? Have you surrendered yourself to Christ in, in repentance, in genuine repentance? Have you submitted to baptism, plunged beneath that cleansing flood, washed your guilty stains? Have you been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit? And if you say yes, yes, God's not forgotten you. God has not forgotten you. He may be drawing you through this trial, drawing you to trust him with your burden. If you've wavered into sin, or or if you're carrying something so heavy, God has not forgotten you. God bids you, cast that burden on me. Trust me with it. Or, Or God's saying, Trust me with your confession and your repentance. He will forgive. No matter what the reason for your desperation, trust Jesus, the one who you did trust with your salvation. Salvation from death and hell and the grave, even in the pit of your despair. Trust Jesus as David trusted. Even though he's saying, God, have you forgotten me? He knew the Lord had not forgotten. Jesus has given you salvation. He's been good to you. This is David. This is how he ended. Lord, you've been good to me. I'm going to praise you. I'm going I'm to rejoice in your salvation. Do that. He has not forgotten you. When, when Israel rebelled against God and they had been conquered and exiled God promised restoration. He promised, I won't forget you. Even though they had rebelled against him, even though they had turned so so hard the wrong way, God made the promise to restore them and not forget them. And he made the promise through the prophet Isaiah. And if you've ever felt that God's forgotten you, take some comfort in the words of Isaiah the prophet today, the words that he had for the nation of Israel, and think about them as as. The prophet put them out for Israel and let's apply them to ourselves in our lives if we feel like, you know, the Lord just isn't listening or he's totally forgotten. Isaiah chapter 49 is this promise of restoration. Verses 13 to 15 read this way. Shout for joy, you heaven. Rejoice, you earth. Burst into song, you mountains. For the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. Now, if you're the afflicted one, like the nation of Israel was afflicted, they had been conquered, defeated, sent into exile. They weren't feeling this compassion. They weren't thinking like, oh, this is the time for the mountains to rejoice or for singing or any of it. They were the afflicted ones and they were still in their affliction. And so verse 14 kind of makes sense. It says, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Yeah, that's the way they felt. But Isaiah went on. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. Now take that to heart today. This is the word of the Lord and the word of the Lord to his people who felt so forsaken and so forgotten by God was this. I'm going to have compassion on you. But they replied, oh God, no way. You've forsaken us. You have forgotten us. 
That's not going to happen. But God, he replied with this, this beautiful image. Consider a mother nursing her child. Can she forget? Can she forget about, about this little child that she's nursing? Can she not show compassion and, and provide for her very own? That image is powerful. What mother would forget to feed this infant that just needs everything from her, the very child she bore? And it's kind of strange because the very next line says, though she may forget. And that's just, a, it's a kind of a hard line of scripture because who knows, does anyone know a mother who truly forgot her, her nursing child or the child she's been nursing? That is a rare thing. It's a very rare thing. But the Bible has examples of it. It's only in the most dreadful, the hardest of times that a mother might forget her child and show no compassion for the one that she literally bore from her own body. To disregard, to intentionally disregard or overlook that child, forget that child. 2 Kings chapter 6, hard portion of scripture, it talks of a time in Israel when the famine was so severe, two mothers made a deal. Two mothers with little sons made a deal. It's, it's really tough to read. They said, we're starving here. Let's sacrifice our sons. They made the deal. And so one mother put her son in a pot and boiled him, and they had the meal. And it's, it's really difficult to, to, to read. The first mother kept her part of the deal, but the second mother, she hid her son. The first mother forgot her son. The first, the first mother intentionally disregarded her son, but the second mother, the second mother hid her son. She could not forget her son. God's like that second mother. No matter what, no matter what, his word says, I will not forget you. He remembers you. He does not forget you. And that is a, it's just a wondrous blessing. God will not forget you. But God does forget something about you and something about me, which is also, a, it's a beautiful blessing. See, God promised to send Jesus. He promised to send Jesus from the earliest portion of Scripture. God who is spirit, God who uh, is spirit, he's not a man yet, became a man in the person Jesus. He sent Jesus to alleviate the issue of sin to pay for the penalty that we owe. And Jesus bore our punishment. He went to a cross, died for us. And through that, when we come to Christ, God grants us eternal life. And when God promised to send Jesus to atone for our sin by giving his life as a sacrifice, God added to the promise. In the Old Testament, the the prophet Jeremiah stated the promise. He enrolled it, but at the end of saying, hey, I'm promising to send Jesus, in essence, there's going to be a new covenant. Jeremiah 31, verse 34, it ends this way. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Now that's an amazing statement of Scripture. God will remember no more. In other words, he'll forget our sins. Now, this promise is reiterated. It's confirmed in the New Testament twice in the book of Hebrews. Uh, the letter to the, to the Hebrew people, chapter 8 and chapter 10, they repeat this exact promise from uh, Jeremiah chapter 
31 saying, God will forgive your transgressions and he will remember your sins no more. Now there's other passages of uh, of scripture that speak to this in uh, a similar but different way. Uh, Psalm 103 is one of them. I'll read you verses 11 and 12. They say, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is God's love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, now that's, that's just forever. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So it's, it's a purposeful and an intentional, this is God forgetting them, and it's fulfilled in Jesus Christ, which is an amazing blessing. God, he won't forget you, but he promised to forget your sins. Oh man, I want that. I, want, I need it, I need it. When you come sincerely to Jesus Christ, God forgives And then he intentionally disregards your sin. In that sense, he forgets them. He chooses. He chooses not to remember your sin. What an amazing blessing. I don't know about you, but I want that. And it's so unlike our human nature, isn't it? Some of us tend to constantly remember our own sins. We kind of live in this place of guilt and shame and even after we've come to confess our sin to, to the Lord, Lord, I, we just unload it all. We still get reminded of it. And some live in that guilt and that shame because of the pain. Uh, it, it, it just comes to mind. We remember it even after we know God has forgiven those sins. And some, some can, can live in pain because someone else has hurt them. Someone has sinned against them. And even after perhaps a person who's hurt you has come genuinely, sincerely, like, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. And and they've asked for forgiveness genuinely. They've sought you out. Forgiveness, that can be done. But forgetting about it, man, that's a taller order. Because so many things can trigger a memory. So many things can bring back the pain. It can be just a place, a person. Uh, it, it can be the weather of the day, whatever. It can just bring back a memory because memory's a quirky thing. We can forget things for a long time and then suddenly, boom, there they are right in front of us. And what can we do? What can we do if we keep remembering our own past sins or, or the sins of someone else who's hurt us even though they may, they've come genuinely to repent Think of all these examples. Think of the examples that I mentioned earlier about God remembering. God remembered Noah. What did he do? He brought a wind to get rid of the flood. God remembered Abraham. And what did he do? He gave him a son. His wife became pregnant. God remembered Joseph. He was in prison, but he found favor with the captors. Hannah, she received a son. God remembered Israel when they sinned. He cast them into exile. God remembered the wickedness of Babylon, toppled the city. So when God remembered, he took some action. These examples of God remembering, then action follows, and action follows. But when the word of God says he remembers no more, he remembers our sin no more, our transgressions are as far as the east is from the west, the only action God's taking is to just intentionally disregard that. 
He's not taking any other action. He purposely takes no action on those sins. Now, hard as that might be, it's an example for us. It's an example for us when our past sins haunt us, when something else comes in, and we're reminded of of a pain, whether it was our own sin or someone else who caused that sin, someone we've forgiven. What God's example here is, is choose not to act on that. The, the intentional choice there is to disregard it. And that's, that, that's hard, I know, but God's our model. God's our example. And as, as we approach tomorrow, we approach this day we call Memorial Day, be encouraged. Be encouraged that God remembers and God forgets. He forgets. He forgets the sin and the transgressions that, that I've done. He, he forgets the sins and transgressions you've done when we come and we've confessed them. And we're, we're just sincere before him. Done. He remembers them no more. But he does remember you. He does remember you, even if you think perhaps it feels like God has forgotten. No, he remembers. Like that mother bonded to her newborn. Oh man, if you leave today with any image, take that one. That's how much God remembers you. He will not forget you. And he'll have compassion on you and care for you. That is, that's just an image that is so powerful. Trust Trust in him, trust in his unfailing love. Rejoice in his salvation, which comes through Christ. Sing the Lord's praise. This is the end of Psalm 13, because he's been good to you. Has God been good to you? Even, even if you feel like you've been going through something, has he been good to you? Who can, who can attest to that? Well, good, Let, let's, let's leave. Let's leave on that note. Let's stand, let's pray. Let's put anything into his hand and, and just whole and complete trust if we're dealing with something. If you've never really yielded over your life to Christ, know this. Whatever you've done, you come with genuine, true repentance. Say, Lord, I'm sorry of it. As far as the east is from the west, God's going to put that transgression, that sin away. Remember it no more. If you've never received that, receive it today. It's, it's just such a great blessing. And then, then we live in it. We have to live in it. We have to trust. Even on the days where it feels like maybe God's just not listening to us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you, God. Thank you for this, that you remember us and you forget certain things about us, which is our sins and transgressions. God, I just am so grateful for that. And I'm asking and praying if there's anyone in this room that is like the psalmist wrestling with a thought like that, that God, you could actually intentionally disregard something they've confessed. It's not coming before you, but it comes before them. God, I'm just asking for you to help. I'm asking for you to help them to follow that model that you put out to just consciously and intentionally set it aside 
as far as the east is from the west. God, I pray for that and ask your grace. And Lord, I just ask for you to instill in our hearts this truth that you do not forget us. You do not. You remember us. You remember us, your children, like a mother who's nursing her own. You'll show compassion and you'll care and you'll give us what we need even at times where we feel like you're silent. God, I just pray that we would be encouraged by that. You would, you would put that beneath us to hold us up today. Help us to leave here on a high note saying, Lord, we truly trust you and we'll praise your name and we'll give you the honor and rejoice in the salvation that we have in our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, may we leave with that, with that great thought that we can rejoice in our Lord and Savior, Jesus, and leave here knowing, knowing he has us, he remembers us, he'll never forget except those things that we've done and confessed. Thank you for that, God. Thank you. Bless your people. Hold them and keep them. And Lord, call to mind tomorrow as whatever we're doing, help us just to, re- help us just to thank you. Rejoice in our freedom and our liberty, but thank you for those who have given it all, who have given it all, Lord. That's what, that's what the day is about. Lord, help us not to forget it, to call it to mind, and then to call, call to mind our Lord and our Savior, Jesus, who gave his all for us. Never, ever take that for granted. Thank you for that, Lord. Bless us as we go. Keep us till we return again to praise your name and rejoice in our salvation. Father, we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.